Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Hey, hey, hey. 6.06 on Tuesday morning. Hey, Dwayne. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Chris Walton over there, Rick Worthington in for Mike Casper again today. Mike will be back next week. Problem is, Chris will be gone next week, so I got to fill in for Chris. That's two straight weeks of Worthington, which I don't, means I don't feel like ratings next... are going to plummet. Yeah, I don't feel like next week is a problem though. No, you know, because I I won't have to be here. <laughs> right. I mean, there is that. I get to uh, have five Labor Days in a row. That's right. Good for you. I am a little jealous. I'm not going to lie. Um. My gosh, let's see, where do we want to start today? Uh, Idaho has a number of elections going on today. Mm-hmm. These are not for state positions. There are, no, there are no candidates. What is today's election all about exactly, Chris? Um, you who have looked into this so much today. School bonds yeah. in, in several districts. Yeah, there are some of that. Mm-hmm. Some of them nearby, some of them not quite so near. Chris Walton did a very good job of compiling a list for me of things that are happening today. Although I'm not sure that this is all of them. Uh, I I certainly know that uh, based on what you have here, Middleton Mm -hmm. School District in Canyon County has a bond that is uh, out there today. I think one of the ones you'll hear about more today is about Valaview. Valaview School District, they are incredibly overcrowded. I mean, they have so many problems with some elementary schools there. Parents have really been complaining. They have a uh, bond uh, that would help them build some new elementary both, schools. Both Middleton and Valley View have to pass with a supermajority, which is two-thirds, or technically 66.67%, roughly. I think the other uh, that's going to get some discussion has to do with those who are uh, running for positions on school boards of course, this has been a real big issue since COVID started. Mm-hmm. I mean, it has everything to do with there are there are parents that didn't want their kids to have to wear masks at school, mm-hmm. nor did they want to adhere to any of the different COVID restrictions and regulations that went on. True. Which isn't really the problem. The problem has to do with the number of parents that swarmed on school board members not to tell them what they thought, but also to berate and threaten them. No excuse. No yeah. excuse for that. I recommend you do tell them what you think, but then, you know, let the next person tell them what they think. Well, this is the day you tell them what you think. You vote person out yeah. if that's what you want to do. Vote new person in if that's what you want to do. Um, and that's cool. Got no problem with that. Uh, berating people that uh, were school board members who were just trying to do the best job they could, take advice from people who they believed were giving them good advice. You know, you don't, you don't make medical decisions without somebody that is in medicine to tell you, a little bit about what's going on there. Yeah. So, but uh, we'll put that aside for a minute. Today's the day you actually get an opportunity to go and vote for who you want to be a part of that school board. And, you know, if you want somebody that 
doesn't believe in COVID or and you can doesn't believe in mask restrictions. Today would be the, the day to do that. The school board, you can vote until September 6th. Yeah. Yeah. So that's going to be happening today. And that's why we wanted to bring this up and, and put this up front of the show because, yeah, you're being asked to go and vote on some things. You know, I, I know that a lot of what the special session is going to do in a couple of days on uh, the 1st of September has to do, number one, with giving you some of your money back from the exorbitant amount of money that we collected in taxes, which was way, way, way over what we thought we were going to make in the state of Idaho. You're going to get some money back, and that's great. There's also going to be some of that money that goes to education, which I am absolutely in favor of. Number one, and we I'll just throw this out there, I got little kids that are in elementary school, and I want to see more money sent to schools okay. to deal with things like overcrowding and paying good teachers to teach my kids. Big problem in Idaho. Good teachers run for the hills because <laughs> they don't get paid enough here. They go to states without hills. Well, Washington pays much better. Well, Oregon they, pays they, much better. Montana have, pays much better. Utah hills. pays much better. My God, Nevada pays much better. Everybody. Everybody, every surrounding state you look at pays more than Idaho does for teachers. So, yeah, I'd like to see some of those teachers stay here. But you got to pay them or they're going to go places. That's how that works. You do the same. Do you think here we believe that your reward is getting to live here? Well, I, I think the truth is in the eye of the beholder there, Chris. Yeah, there won't be any money for you, but you get to live here. I mean, if, I, I if can you tell can you that's true in, in a lot of different supplemental money. Sure. I mean, that you could say that about radio. <laughs> sure. It's not like we're getting paid, you know, a ton of money. All, all I'm saying is this. At some point, you got to pay teachers or you're going to have problems with what you see right now. Mm-hmm. We can't get all the positions filled in the schools we do have. So you've got overcrowding. You've got teachers that are there right now, but you know, might be looking other places soon, as soon as their experience allows them to go other places. In some places, I know in twin falls, they lowered the restrictions on, what you had to have in order to teach at some of their schools, because mm-hmm. by God, if we don't do that, we're not going to get any teachers. I think now your breath has to fog up a mirror. Is that what it is? That the uh, credentials? That, that, that could be an exaggeration. Well, I have a driver's license. Is that good? Well, sure. Come on over. Did I we wonder, get any complaints about me yesterday? Because we might get some today. No. I, I wonder. I wonder if you have to have a driver's license. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> Look, I'll just be, I'll be straight. I would forego all the money that the state of Idaho is going to kick back to everybody right now. I'd give it all to education. Yeah. I'd give every bit of it to education. Well, when the governor was in here, I asked him if that was a possibility. And um, he just said no. No, it wasn't a possibility. Well, I, I think that is also a, a principle of 
Republicans to begin with. If there's extra money taken from taxes, taxpayers are paying too much, and you've got to give some back to the taxpayer. Yeah. And I, or, I understand that that is a principle. Or keep it in lower pre- or future taxes. Conservative principles are okay for principled Republican governor. I understand. I think in my world, because I have so much writing on the education system in Idaho, I'd love to see him get as much money as possible. Within reason. You know, I'm not talking about funding to the Massachusetts level, which is pretty crazy if you haven't already heard that. But how, yeah. much, how much do they make there? Uh, I don't know what they make. I've just heard that Massachusetts is one of those states that funds education higher than anyone else. Like they mean it? <laughs> yeah, like we need, to, we need to fund education. To me, education's the magic bullet, though, Chris. Education takes care of so many things down the road when you make a kid smart. Mm-hmm. Make a kid smart, you take care of all the racial bias. You take care of, you know, some of those things like how you're going to feed his or her family down the line, poverty, not taking as much money out of the system later on because you made a smart kid. But you got to invest in that. So anyway, we'll get complaint letters. Uh, send them to Chris at KBOI.com. If you send them to Mike at KBOI.com, you won't hear about it until next week, but he usually gets some of those when I fill in, so that's cool too. Unless you just want him to have a chuckle. Right. All right, 6.15, time for sports. Glad you're with us here on News Talk KBOI today. Um, sports, as always, is brought to you by our friends over at Fat Guys Fresh Deli. You know, my buddy Bob over there supposed to be having another fantasy football league this year. I haven't heard whether or not we're going to have a draft or not. But my draft board is still sitting up there, the location in Meridian. Is that right? Yeah. You can, uh, by the way, give them a call today, 208 855 or the Boise location, 208-908-6930. They opened, by the way, at 1030 this morning. Uh, some pretty good things happening yesterday in Major League Baseball. I don't know if you caught all of this, but some big homers hit. It'll be a 1-1 to judge. The pitch swung on and hit. Deep center field. Trout on the run. Aaron Judge, number 50. Into the rock pile in center field in Anaheim. It's 4-3 Angels after home run number 50 for Aaron Judge. Call on WFAN. Aaron Judge homers to center his 50th of the season. By the way, the Yankees did not win. They lost to the Angels by a score 4-3. to Then there was this bomb. And the next pitch to Albert is hit high and deep to right field. Backing up to the track, looking up, and it's gone. Home run, Albert Pujols. Number 694. And he took it the other way, and he's now had more home runs off of more different pitchers than anybody who's ever played this game. And the Cardinals add two more runs. Albert Pujols does it again. Quick trivia for Chris Walton. You heard that right there. Albert Pujols hit more homers off more different pitchers than any other player. Who was Mm -hmm. the other guy? Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds. Look at the big brain on Chris today. <laughs> All right, then there was this home run. Pretty significant. Now the pitch. Keston to left and deep. Hey, get up. Off the wall. Gone. For Keston.
Jason, you're on. And the Brewers have won this game on a walk-off two-run shot by Keston Huron. What a rocket that was. Yeah, the uh, Brewers, who are right in the thick of the National League wildcard race, still chasing the Cardinals to try and get back up. If they could win the division, of course, they're in, but uh, the wild card's going to be a little tougher for them. But that was a two-run walk-off bomb. They beat the Pirates by a score 7-5. to KBOI News Time is 618. Listen to KBOI online. Go to KBOI.com and click the Listen Live button. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 626 on News Talk KBOI. We've got news on the way here for you in just a couple of minutes. Promised you guys that I would keep an eye on what happened in Bend, Bend, Oregon. You heard about the uh, shooting that occurred at a Safeway over there. Uh, Two people killed. One was somebody who was shopping inside the Safeway. The other was the gunman. Going to play this for you. This is a report from ABC News. Um, Basically says that one of the victims... Uh, was also a hero, an employee who confronted the attacker. Police say a 66-year-old grocery store worker fought to disarm the lone gunman who opened fire inside Safeway in Bend, Oregon. That employee was one of two people authorities say were shot and killed by 20-year-old Ethan Blair Miller. The other victim identified as Glenn Edward Bennett, an 84-year-old customer was gunned down at the entrance of the supermarket as the suspect stormed in Sunday evening, armed with an AR-style rifle and a shotgun. Isn't that interesting? See, I, and I get the feeling that he intended to, you know, commit more mayhem and kill a lot more people. Mm-hmm. But chances are that, you know, after he saw what he had done when he killed two, that uh, I think he just killed himself then after that, right? Yeah, well, yeah. A- apparently... There were officers already in the shopping, uh, inside the Safeway. Mm-hmm. They were already there. And anyway, here's the chief of police. His name is Mike Krantz. Without his intervention and without him physically confronting the shooter, it could have been very tragic. He also said... Uh, I think the combination of um, the actions of someone fighting back and causing disruption, as well as the officers immediately there, and that person knew the officers were inside the store, and there was really no other option for him. There you have it. An employee, 66-year-old man, went and fought the gunman, probably saved a bunch of people's lives. And got killed doing it. Mm -hmm. That's too bad. It is too bad. In any case, uh, I told you that we would give you more information when it became available. I think our signal gets out to bend, especially when it's dark. I think those people can listen out there. So, um, well, folks in that community will have good things to say about that man. KBUI News Time, 628. Five home live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at three. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris live and local on News Talk KBOI. 641 now on News Talk KBOI. Mike Casper is out. I'm Rick Worthington filling in along with Chris Walton today. Chris, we're going to talk about education a little bit more today. Okay. Education is one of the things that they're going to discuss during the special session here in Idaho on Thursday. In case you didn't know, special session coming up. They're planning to pump, at least the governor's plan is to pump $410 million into Idaho education with this special session. Probably just a drop in the bucket. 
if you don't know, Idaho, among states that fund education the least per pupil in the United States. Some people look at that as a very good thing, that we're spending our money wisely, that we don't overfund education. I don't believe that at all. I think not funding education leaves you vulnerable to all kinds of other problems later on down the road. Mm-hmm. Now, a, An educated populace uh, is good for everyone. I believe so. It, especially in a conservative community such as ours, where you don't want to see huge amounts of poverty. Education is the silver bullet. You want to have people that are more productive. Or it was at one time, yeah. Um, Education works for that. About 20 years ago, they started telling kids that they absolutely had to go to college. And and they would hand out these charts that would indicate, here's how much money you can expect to make in your lifetime if you drop out of high school. Here's how much if you finish high school. Uh, Here's how much if you get a bachelor's degree. Here's how much Mm -hmm. if you get a master's. Here's how much if you get a PhD or become a lawyer or a doctor. And it was about money. Saying if you you want more opportunities, more money, then then get more education. If you don't want to continue to pump money into poverty-related issues, people that need rent assistance, people that need, you know, you name it, Food assistance, shelter assistance. You want to not have to fund all those things down the road? Fund education. Make a smarter kid. You don't have those problems later on down the road. Poverty, those types of issues, they they don't go away altogether, but they do a lot better. Here's the other thing about, about education. When we talk about the president rolling out his plan to give ten to $20,000 of loan reduction to students. I don't like it. For one very good reason. It rewards students that dropped out of school. Why couldn't we make a plan like that to reward kids that actually got their degree? Just saying kids or other a lot of people who take out student loans aren't even you know traditional 18 to 22 they're they're much older yeah let's uh jump on the phone here robert is calling from caldwell today and uh discussing the subject at hand which is education robert thanks for calling this morning how are you this this fine uh, tuesday (laughs) how are you rick i'm very good thank you how are you (laughs) well not not too bad but i'm gonna have to disagree with you just a tad so I believe that living in Idaho is a quality of life versus money. So I am not a high school graduate. I have a GED. I went in the military, blah, blah, blah. I make 120000 a year. I work my butt off. So I'm going to have to disagree a tad. I do agree that we need to pay teachers better to a point, but we're still really low in this state. As far as percentage, I mean, I think we rank, well, like 48th in the nation. So I, I want to say I could go to California and make more money, sure. But sure. quality of life would suck. It would suck. That's my opinion. 
I mean, I'm an outdoors kind of guy, so. Well, I, I don't so disagree. I disagree with you a little bit, you know, Rick. I, I agree that we probably should send some monies to education, but but I paid that money. You know, I, I think I deserve a bigger slice of the pie this time. Uh, I got gotcha. you. Sorry, it's just every 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 year, you know, every every year is uh, education, 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 and I get it to a point that after a while I get sick of hearing it. You know, and I have four kids. Uh, you know, I'm pretty proud of the way they've turned out. So, you know, I, I also understand, Rick, that your circumstances. You know, after listening to KBOI for probably twenty plus years, you know, your your lifestyle has. I, I understand why you say you're you're uh, you're a uh, education you know kind of you know you're, you're relying on it a lot you know I I get it but I, I have to disagree with you a little bit I'm pretty productive I feel so <laughs> sure and, and I have a sounds lot like things have worked out very well too, for you Rick. thank you well I just work you know I do my job you know and my wife and I have a lot of respect for this I mean we don't always agree with you but. I have a lot of respect. I think you've overcome a lot of things that, you know, maybe weren't just fair. So, ah, uh, thank you. I, <laughs> I have a little soft spot. For you, <laughs> I appreciate that. So, thank you very much, and thank no you, problem. thank you for the call as well, Robert. Uh, you're always welcome to call. Well, I think that you know you you might find that you know you could be the you know the exception to the rule as well that most folks that drop out of high school. Don't make 120 grand a year, but you know yeah, there are a lot of things that lead to success. Getting more education gives you uh, better odds, but it doesn't guarantee anything. That's right, and that's a good, right. A good work, a good work ethic gives you better odds as well, but again, doesn't guarantee anything. Six forty-seven on News Talk KBOI. It's time for sports. Brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli. I was just talking to Bob over there about fantasy football league. It's tomato soup today. Is that what I heard? Yeah. Pair that, oh, tomato soup and a big old sandwich, some melty cheese and some ham, and oh, I'm all over it. Fat Guy's Fresh Deli brings you sports. Boise State opening the season Saturday at Oregon State. Oregon State's offense averaged 31 points and 429 yards a game last season. Four starters return in the O-line, as well as starting quarterback Chance Nolan. Coach Avalos on the Beavers' offensive strengths. Their offensive line. Year in and year out, they do an unbelievable job coaching those guys up, and especially within the schemes that they've run. Uh, they got a returning quarterback that has a lot of experience, and he's been he's shown to be extremely effective. They've got tight ends that are coming back that present challenges, and they've got a lot of speed at wide receiver. Oregon State will have to find a new top running back and wide receiver this season. Bob Beeler, News Talk KBOI. KBOI News Time is 648. For your Google Play, simply say, hey, Google, play 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. All right, what do we got? 658? Not 659. Just enough time for us to get you caught up on today's trivia, which we call the damn near impossible question. We do. Write this number down, 208-336-3700. Don't call now. We'll ask the question just shortly after 8.15 this morning. And you will win a $50 gift certificate good at any of the brunchette restaurants in Boise and McCall. It's brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty, a local company with a global network for all your real estate needs. Call 208-888-4128. The question, if you are under the age of 18 in China, 
how long are you allowed by law to play video games online? There's a law on that? There is. If what you are, if you're from the United States and you're in China? I think you just, it's the same law. <laughs> but if you're under the age of 18 in China, how long are you allowed by law to play video games online? All right, we'll have that for you coming up around 8.20. In the meantime, we've got news for you. It's 7 o'clock. A great one. Mark Levin, tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. It's time for the KBOI Medical Moment, brought to you by Regents Blue Shield of Idaho, featuring Dr. Dan Meltzer. Dr. Meltzer, good morning. Good morning, sir. Doctor, now that uh, we're getting closer and closer to fall, our thoughts naturally turn to late-year favorites like hunting trips, the start of another football season. But this is also traditionally the time of year when doctors and public health officials start focusing on the upcoming flu season. Uh, what is that going to look like this year? Yeah, hard, hard to believe we're already thinking about influenza still on the heels of COVID. But, you know, unfortunately, it's looking like it could be a bit of a rougher year than usual, starting perhaps earlier and even being more impactful, there's just reduced population immun- immunity from exposure to circulating flu strains over the past couple of years because people have been socially isolating, wearing masks and things like that. What is behind the early uh, arrival concerned? And uh, more importantly, what should we do about it? Well, really, when we're developing these forecasts for those that affect that live here in North America, obviously, like we do, we look towards the, the southern hemisphere. And what we're seeing in places like Australia is that the flu season has unfolded there earlier it started earlier and what's uncommon what's a little unusual it's actually affecting younger people more typically than it does which means the strain may be what we call more virulent or kind of more impactful more severe so in view of that here in the united states we're really advising that every person over six months of age be vaccinated against influenza so should we be headed out right now to get our flu shot uh, like the enthusiasm, but not quite yet. It's probably still a little bit early. Um, really, the, the influenza vaccine typically lasts about four to six months. So the recommendation is we want to get vaccinated right around or just before it starts circulating in the community. So we typically see that September or October, which is certainly coming up soon, is probably the best time to get vaccinated. And certainly by the end of October, we want to make sure everyone's had their vaccine. We seem to talk a lot during these segments about food, what we should cut back on and what we should eat more regularly. And today it's about something we can feel really good about consuming, the mighty grape. Right. Who who knew we can add grapes to our list of of superfoods? Not sure about you guys, but there's so many great options when it comes to grapes. And again, another plug for local farmers markets here in Boise. But really, there's a new study that suggests grape consumption may actually have significant favorable impact on our health and our, mortal- and our mortality, particularly when it's added to what's a fairly typical high-fat diet here. So I love grapes. How many grapes should I be eating to get a healthy benefit? Yeah, it's, it's really, it's almost hard to eat too many, but really at a minimum, we'd suggest about two cups a day. And initial findings suggest that there could be a delay in the development or progression of things like fatty liver disease um, when you're eating good old grapes. So more broadly though, really, we, we think about it as adding a couple of Cups of grapes to an otherwise unhealthy diet is certainly less effective than overall following a healthy, balanced diet. Well, that is the KBY Medical Moment brought to you by Regents Blue Shield of Idaho. Dr. Dan Meltzer, thank you for joining us this morning on KBY. Thank you. Be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. All right. 
Ten minutes after seven on News Talk KBOI. Rick Worthington in for Mike Casper today. Chris Walton is over there. We're talking a little bit about education today. I'm also going to talk a little bit about Bronco sports a little later on. Bob Beeler will join us around 8.30 to discuss that. Uh, Heat advisory in effect today, Chris. Why, you might ask? Oh, it might have something to do with 105 tomorrow. So triple digits then. It's going to be hot for the next week. I mean, we had Sunday where it was just so pleasant all day. You could call it a Pleasant Valley Sunday. I mean, it, it you could you could call it that. Um, it's like it was teasing, you know, fall is coming. Where you walked outside early that morning just before the sun was coming up, and it was crisp and cool. And it lasted through that evening. And then, you know, here we are in the middle of a heat wave that's coming back. 105 tomorrow in the Treasure Valley. We could see 104 later on in 100-degree temperatures all throughout the weekend. It's not going to cool down, at least this week. But if you're going to be inside, at least you can watch college football all weekend. <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> yeah, full. We got that going for us. Slate of games. Yeah, a full slate of games. We like that. So um, on the topic of education, I, I made the comment that we have this special session starting up here on Thursday, you're going to get a bit of a tax break, which is always nice. How much is it everybody's going to get back? Did they decide what that number was? Not entirely sure. I, I don't know what the number is either. You're going to get a little bit of money back. That's good. And there will be about $400 million that goes to help out with education as well. $400 million is a lot of money in terms of what it will actually do. Not as much as you think. Not nearly as much as you think. $400 million doesn't go as far as you'd like it to go. I mean, you're not going to start building schools all over the state with $400 million. But you can do some things that you 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 want to do. You can, you know, help out a little, I guess. The problem is, is that Idaho doesn't fund education very high to begin with. In fact, Idaho has one of the lowest per-pupil spending rates in the country. They, I think they, only we uh, get surpassed to, by Mississippi? We get to uh, actually Utah. Utah oh, Utah's U- the Utah, least? Utah spends less per-pupil than even Idaho, but Idaho and Utah that. both get quite a bit for the money. I didn't know that. Because uh, you know test scores and stuff are not bad here or there. So I I think what I'm trying to tell you is I I feel like instead of getting that money back, I would prefer you threw it all at education. Just try and take care of some problems here in Idaho in regards of trying to make smarter kids. Can you do that? Better informed by, kids. By anyway. funding it throwing money at it, does that necessarily help? No. But you can do some things that are pretty important. How about keeping your best young teachers in Idaho? How about helping settle more good teachers here in Idaho? You got to pay them. 
And if every other state surrounding Idaho pays more money, you can understand why teachers would pick up and leave after they have enough experience to do so, where you can get another job and make, you know, another ten, fifteen thousand dollars a year. You would do that, wouldn't you? For a fifteen thousand dollar raise? Wouldn't yeah, you? Probably. Especially uh, if I were like, you know, in, in my twenties or something. I mean, I, I know that some people are going to say, but part of that is your, you know, the lifestyle that you live here in Idaho is so much better. It might not be worth that raise. That's what that, but the guy who called in said that uh, we, you know, we don't necessarily come to Idaho assuming we're going to get rich. We come assuming that it's going to be a, a terrific, uh, you know, lifestyle. I think that's great. Quality of life. But on the other hand, if you're a teacher that's trying to make a living, especially if you don't have two incomes in the household, that's incredibly hard. I'm just saying there are a lot of things you can do with education that maybe you should look at. And I know that you're going to get your rebate back and it's already been decided. I'm just saying education overall. You should think about funding that a little more here in Idaho. It's 15 after 7 on News Talk KBOI and it's time for sports. It's brought to you by Fat Guy's Fresh Deli where you always trust a fat sandwich. Go over there and see them in Meridian today. They also have another location in Boise. They're open at 1030 Monday through Friday. They're even open on Saturday, 1030 by gosh. Not open on Sunday, but that's okay. Got to get some rest sometime. Best soup and sandwiches you'll have anywhere. Take my word for it. Let's talk a little bit about what happened yesterday in sports. It was a pretty big day. A post-match ceremony after Serena Williams defeated her opponent in the opening round of the U.S. Open. Tennis legend Billie Jean King came out in that little presentation thanking Serena Williams for all she's done for the sport. Thank you for your leadership and commitment to diversity, equity, and inclusion. Pretty big deal because yesterday might have been her last match. Big hand for inclusion. Serena Williams, after the first round win said at this point in her career, every match she wins is important. At this point, honestly, everything is a bonus for me, you know, I feel. And that, um, I mean, I think every opponent is very difficult. And I've seen that over the summer, and the next one is even more difficult. So it's good that I was able to, you know, get this under my belt. Serena Williams is getting up there in age as far as tennis players go. She is Mm -hmm. considered the greatest women's tennis yeah, most, player who has ever lived most don't continue to play uh, professional tennis in their 40s but she has no. and she's a mom now she has different priorities in her life but she is playing in the u.s open and yesterday she won her opening round match so congratulations serena kbui news time is 7 17 i'm for the morning market report powered by cap ed credit union Keeping you informed about your money before the market opens. Sponsored by Tree City Advisors. On News Talk, KBOI, Boise. 723 on News Talk, KBOI. Once again, Mike Casper is out today. I'm Rick Worthington filling in this week. And it's time to take a look at what's going on in Wall Street. Nick, what you up to today, buddy? <laughs> oh, you know, just trying to make sense of uh, the ups and downs of the market every yeah, single day. Yeah, you and me both, my man. <laughs> Yeah, it's interesting. Right now, I mean, the futures market uh, has all three major indexes up. I guess, uh, I guess they're finally digesting just what happened at Jackson Hole, you know, over the weekend, and 
and uh, the Fed's policy on not just raising rates, but it's also important to remember, right, the Fed balance sheet is now something around $9 trillion. They were buying securities like crazy throughout the pandemic. That's quantitative easing, right? The Fed was actually adding money to our system. Now they're reversing trends. So not only are they raising interest rates, but they're going into quantitative tightening, meaning it, simply put, they're, they're pulling money back out of the system. As all of these securities come to maturity, they're reducing their balance sheet. I think Jerome Powell said that over the next 12 months, his goal is to reduce the balance sheet by about a trillion dollars. So that's going to pull money out of the system. And how that affects you and I as consumers is it just means that there's going to be less liquidity in the markets for uh, basically, you know, like banks may have less money to loan. Uh, businesses are going to have uh, less access to cheap money when it comes to um, expanding their businesses, even hiring, things like that. And so what, what we could expect to see over the next 12 months with this quantitative tightening is simply um, lending get a little, getting a little bit more expensive, which we've been feeling that with the interest rate raise. Now let's just remember, hey, the quantitative tightening is going to ramp up. Jerome Powell said that he thinks that that could affect interest rates by about 25 basis points. Um, the hope, though, is that as this quantitative tightening goes through, yields on long-term bonds would rise, which for a lot of retired people, a lot of, a lot of investors who are just looking for income, you want yields to rise on those bonds uh, because now you're getting a little bit more for you know parking your money in, in a, a relatively safe government-backed bond security. So that could be a good thing. It just, uh, it just really means we got to expect a lot more volatility over the next 12 months, unfortunately. We've got earnings uh, reports today from Best Buy and HP and CrowdStrike. Uh, are we expecting good news? Uh, you know, it's anyone's guess. I think um, most of these tech companies have been kind of right on the bubble as far as meeting expectations or coming just slightly under expectations. Uh, it's man, it's tough. A lot of a lot of these, like say, like Best Buy, a lot of these companies had a had a hard time getting enough inventory throughout the pandemic to meet demand. Uh, now they're sitting on excess inventory that isn't quite so popular right now. Not as bad as say Target, Walmart with clothing and things like that that just arrived way too late for the season. But it's likely that we could see earnings not quite hit the mark. All right. Well. Yeah, I don't like where the futures are at today. <laughs> well, yeah, I do. They're up 178. I thought it was the other way around. No, no, no. All right, all right. Futures awesome. are up, okay so we'll see hey. how the day goes. <laughs> we'll talk to you again in about an hour, buddy. All Thank right, you. thanks. KBOI News Time, 727. Tonight at 10, it's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 741 now on News Talk KBOI, along with Chris Walton. I'm Rick Worthington filling in for... Mike Casper, who will be back next week. So he says, but once he hears how hot it's going to be the rest of this week, he might reconsider. You may not have heard this heat advisory in the forecast uh, through Friday at midnight, I believe. And I think they'll probably extend it because we've got temperatures upwards of 101, 103 through the weekend. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, not exactly cool. Hottest, uh, hottest August on record and starting off September pretty hot, too. Mm -hmm. uh, talking a little bit about education today. 
Doug wrote in. He says, uh, good morning, happy Tuesday. Relate to Rick that I thought he was spot on about the schools. Teachers totally agree. Help in the schools, and that's why I text. You should go, too. I think he means go vote. Yeah. Yeah, voting's important. Today, uh, there are a number of uh, different bonds that are up in communities all across Idaho. Uh, if if you don't have an election in your community, in your city, cool, but a lot of people do. Middleton School District, Valleview School District, Salmon River Joint School District, Blaine County School District, Jerome Joint School District, in Buell, uh, Three Creek School District. Is that Twin Falls? Uh, yeah, it's... Uh... Three Creek is uh, very near Filer, Idaho. Okay. Which is near Twin Falls, between Twin Falls and Buell. Okay, gotcha. And I, I believe that today, well, you said that today through the next couple of days, you could still vote for the Boise School District, the, yeah, the, the official, school boards. The official school board vote is actually next Tuesday, September 6th. Oh, okay, next Tuesday, excuse but, me. But you can vote early right now. Gotcha. All those things are important. Mm-hmm. And I had mentioned that were it up to me, I think a majority of that tax money that you're going to get back from the state of Idaho, I'd put it towards education. Oh, I realize, though, that that's, inflation has just sucked the life out of so many families. They're just, we're scraping by before. And how vital it and nice it is to get a check <laughs> to help out a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's another tank of gas, whether it's, you know, funding that dance class that uh, little Susie might not get a chance to do otherwise, I realize that those things are important, but education, my gosh, I'm glad education is going to get the $400 million it's going to get. Something um, that uh, we were talking about money earlier and, and something that I just uh, read is happening uh at a high rate now are home sale cancellations where people have agreed to buy a mm-hmm. house yeah. and then when they're in the process of funding, they just decide, nope, not going to do this. Right. Maybe the payments are too high. Maybe they just decided to go a different way, but a lot of home sale cancellations are rising. Well, think about it in these terms. If you got into a contract several months ago while the housing market was still rolling right along and prices were rising, you might look at that price now and say, that home has already depreciated $20,000. Mm-hmm. Why do I want to pay that extra twenty grand? i am going to back out of that contract. Maybe I can renegotiate in another week or so and re-up, especially if you're already funded through the bank for right. so much money. Maybe you can get a little more house now than you were going <laughs> to buy before. Possibility, more square sure. footage. KBOI News Time is 7.45. It is time for a quick look at sports. It's brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli. So here's what you do. You go over to Fat Guys Fresh Deli, and you tell the guys there, I'm here I'm here for the Worthington. And they're going to say, the what? No, the, it's the number 32. Is it 32 or 33 on the menu now? It was one. I think it's the 32 In that case, on the mean, menu. You, you better call it the Worthington. Yeah, you better say, I want the Worthington, and they're going to hook you up with it's just a big meat sandwich. Don't need any lettuce on that. 
a meatball, and you got some, yeah, it's good. Check it out. Fat Guys Fresh Deli in Meridian and in Boise. So, football week. The Broncos heading to Corvallis to open the season Saturday at Oregon State. Oregon State has a new defensive coordinator this season, and they welcome back a defensive lineman and linebacker who started in 2020 but were injured last season. Bronco head coach Andy Avalos is impressed with the Beavers' defense. Defensively, uh, they got a secondary that has a lot of length and is very athletic, and they've got a front that is shown to play physical. The Broncos lead the series between the two 5-4 to four, and won the last meeting in Corvallis 38-24. to 24. Bob Beeler, News Talk KBOI. KBOI News Time is 746. Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 7.52 on News Talk KBOI. Again, talking a little bit about education in a couple of different ways. Number one, how it translates to the special session that's coming up later this week here in Idaho. And money that's going to education and maybe more money that should be going to education. On top of that, a number of different school districts will have voting today on a number of different bonds and measures that could help schools uh, fund any number of different uh, needs, including new schools. One of the stories you're hearing today has to do with Valleview. That school district just bursting at the seams, elementary schools, way overcrowded. Not been awesome at getting enough teachers in. I think just about every school district has openings. So, yeah, there's a need a definite need for more funding of education to try and bring in some of those teachers that, you know, might actually teach your kids. Providing it's spent wisely. Sure. Something else going on that I wanted to bring up. Uh, This is not good. We're heading into one of the busiest travel weekends of the year. 12.7 million people are expected to board airplanes this weekend. On Thursday, pilots are planning to walk picket lines at airports across the country. Picket lines that uh, passengers will not be able to uh, pass by? I don't know for sure. Let's hear what ABC has to say about it. Pilots are calling on airlines to address operational problems they say are causing so many of the recent delays and cancellations. They say they want airline management to prioritize passengers as well as to recognize the sacrifices made by pilots during the pandemic when they say they were overworked and exhausted. Domestic airlines lost thousands of pilots during the pandemic, mostly due to early retirements, contributing to the significant industry-wide pilot shortage. So there's not enough pilots is the program or uh, the problem. There's not enough pilots. And the pilots that are out there right now are making well over a hundred grand a year. That's good. Let's pick it. (laughs) You wouldn't see teachers picketing if they were making a hundred grand a year. Let's put it this way. If the, if the pilot isn't happy, I would probably just as soon not fly. Uh, That's, you're not wrong about that. I have I have travel plans this weekend, so I'm not going to bash on the pilots too hard here. I don't I don't know what a strenuous day is for an airline pilot. 
I don't know what that what that looks like. I would love it if we had a pilot that could call and tell us what too strenuous a work week looks like for a pilot. I'm not saying you don't do an important job by any means. It's not what I'm saying. I'm saying for a guy that's making a hundred K and doesn't have to mm, get after it in the heat like some dudes are doing today. What does strenuous week actually look like? If you're overworked, what does that work week entail? Tom says, so education gets 50% of the state budget. They are voting on levies, and now they will get $400 million more from the surplus, which they will get because of the way it is voted on, because it is either the taxpayers get their money back and the schools get $400 million, or you don't get your tax money back. Well, he could have given it all back, or he could have given it all to schools, or proposed it anyway. It'll it'll be the legislature that. that ends up doing it. We'll take a short break here. We'll also take your phone calls today at 208-336-3700. KBOI News Time is 7.56. Download the 670 KBOI app for your smartphone for free. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 758 now. News on the way for you at the top of the hour. Local news also on the way at the top of the hour. And we have a damn near impossible question coming your way here in about 22 mm-hmm. minutes or so. Do not call right now, but when you do, it, it should uh, be slightly after 815. We'll, we'll call for calls. We'll ask for calls. Uh, 208-336-3700. You will win a $50 gift certificate. Good at any of the brunchette restaurants. Two in Boise, one in McCall. It's uh, brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty. Opening doors to the world for all your real estate needs. Call 208-888-4128. The question, if you are under the age of 18 in China, how long are you allowed by law to play video games online? We're talking about how much time per day? Well, you're not how if, old. I mean, if you're up to 18 you could spend this much time on the days you are allowed which, uh-huh. which is not every day oh in really they, yeah they regulate things uh, quite closely yeah, they regulate a lot of things but pretty closely in china if you uh, are under the age of 18 you sit down to play uh, video games online how long can you play before they kick you off okay we'll have that for you coming up i was telling nathaniel over here about how good the esports program here at boise state is were you aware they had an esports program uh, I've I've heard about it. Yeah, yeah. Probably won't. One go. of the best in the country. Probably won't go. They watch got a an game. esports arena here. I stopped by and took a look at it once upon a time. My son was very interested in esports, so wandered in there and took a look. Tell you what, there are no regulations on those kids and how much time they got to spend online esporting. Just saying, it's pretty cool. All right, news top of the hour. Damn near impossible question coming your way as well. KBOI News Time. It's 8 o'clock. Hey, from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 8.06 on News Talk KBOI. Uh, Glad you're here with us today. I'm Rick Worthington filling in for Mike Casper, who is back next week. Chris Walton did a very good job of compiling a list of uh, different schools that will be having uh, 
an opportunity for you to come in and vote today. I mean, depending on which community you live in. If you're in the Middleton School District, you know how crowded it's been. Uh, The Middleton School District has a general obligation bond on the ballot today. Requires 66.67% of the vote in order to pass today. Super majority. Uh, The other big one is Valleview School District, which also has a bond with 66.67 requirement for passage. I don't know how um, overcrowded Salmon River School District is. That's uh, Adams and Idaho counties. Uh, it's a supplemental levy they have there. It just requires simple majority to pass. Blaine County has a uh, school plant facilities reserve fund levy. They require 55%. See, it's always interesting on these because mm-hmm. they don't, all have the same requirements you know some need just a simple majority some need 66 some need 55 when we report on these things you have to go back and really look now what did they need in order to pass did this pass or not they got 51 percent of the vote is it a pass or not it's not always available to it drives me crazy and quite often it's not a pass quite often it isn't Anyway, you should check with your school district today. Maybe go to your school district website if they have a bond on the ballot that would help the school district. School district will usually have that up for you. Or maybe even your school will have something on their website. Not saying that's always the case, but it might. Check it out today. For those that are in the Boise school district, though, You guys have been concerned about school boards. I know that there's been discussions over this candidate is endorsed by this far-right group. This candidate is not. uh, Those things are not always worth their salt based Mm -hmm. on who's endorsing who. And technically, it's it's, uh, not nonpartisan. Correct. It's uh, one of those city or school district jobs where you don't have to tell anybody what party you represent because you don't. You just represent people. Right. So there there are some things that are going on today. We talked a little bit about education, and I told you I would open up the phone lines for you. 208-336-3700 if you want to talk about education and funding. Specifically here in Idaho, it's just the problem as I see it is that we don't give enough money to education. That might not be the type of thing you would hear from every person that jumps on a conservative radio station that may not want to see as many of your tax dollars go to education. That's not how I feel about it. Joe writes in and says, regarding education, if you paid teachers $10,000 more each year, would students be able to read? Would more than 35% be able to name three branches of government? Could kids actually read a tape measure? Could they tell you why we need the Electoral College? I kind of doubt it. Well, that's that's possible, well, but I'd love to tell you. Some, some can do that anyway. I'll tell you this. This is what I know. I know this to be a fact. 
there are a number of teachers that are here in Idaho right now that are just buying their time down to when they can go work at another school district out of state. They're getting the necessary experience they need to have in order to get the job that will pay them. And therefore, you're always having to retrain a new group of teachers. That's not always a terrible thing. There are always good teachers that are coming into the system. Thankfully, there are still a lot of people out there that want to be involved in the education of your children. But there are also some really great teachers that can't afford to live here. Yeah. They can't afford to live in your neighborhood because they don't make anything. Mm-hmm. Look, I have a soft spot in my heart for teachers to begin with because I know how much teachers meant to me growing up. You know, teacher was like your extended family every year. I'm fortunate that I got along with all my teachers. <laughs> Most of them, you know, there were a couple out there that weren't all that interested in my education. Well, I had some that were completely nuts, but my mother, uh, who also was a school teacher, told me that part your mom of, and dad were both school teachers. Yeah, my mom told me that part of my job be, as a student was to adapt to the teacher that I had mm-hmm. and to uh, learn to get along with all kinds of people. Probably sound advice. I I didn't get in trouble at school, but if I had, I know very well whose side my parents would have been on. Sure. And uh, I would have been looking at them across a line. The teachers that I've, my, my kids have been in classrooms with here in the recent past, last two years, I think, mm-hmm. teacher was going into their pocket for cleaning supplies. Teacher was going into their pocket to decorate their room. Teacher was going into their pocket to make sure there were necessary supplies for some of their kids that didn't have the means in order to bring them. Pencils, paper, binders. My mom was big on that. She didn't complain about it. It was her choice. But she used to even uh, buy all the materials for class art projects and things like that. I don't want to see teachers have to dig in their own pocket to make sure a kid is taken care of. Your calls are welcome today. Even if you disagree. In fact, I'd love to hear it if you disagree. Come at me. <laughs> KBOI News Sound is 813. <laughs> it's 670 KBOI on Alexa. First say, Alexa, enable the 670 KBOI skill. Then when you want to listen, say, Alexa, open 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 823 lines are... Loaded with smart people, ready to answer today's damn near impossible question. Chris, what are we playing for again? A $50 gift certificate, good at any of the brunch at restaurants, two in Boise, one in McCall. Brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silver Hawk Realty, a local company with a global network for all your real estate needs. Call 208-888-4128. The question, if you are under the age of 18 in China, how long are you allowed by law to play video games online? State regulated how long you can play video games in China? Mm, yeah, Weird. It's, it's they a, regulate all kinds of stuff over there. It, it is still a communist country. What are they? They're communist? I'm teasing. Let's see who's smart. We'll try Scott first. Scott, thanks for calling us for today's damn near impossible question. Scott, how are you? 
Good. Good. Uh, what do you think? One hour on weekends and holidays. That's it. You got it. It's actually one hour on Fridays and then and also weekends. But oh, he didn't win holidays. that. He didn't win. No, no, no he did. You're good. But the, art- the article actually said weekend nights. Okay. It was the New York Times article. There we go. Okay. Well, uh, yes, saw it yesterday. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, uh, yeah, it's it's just one hour. And what's interesting is uh, there are a lot of online games that it takes an hour to set up. That's crazy, man. Like right. I say, that that just well, hang on, you are I, the winner. I can't even imagine the type of riot it would cause in my own home. There'll be no more gaming after one hour in here. Both my girls and my son would freak mm-hmm. out on me. All right, uh, Scott, thanks very much for playing today, and uh, congratulations on your $50 gift certificate. Short break. News on the way for you. KBOI Newstime 824. This is Bronco Tuesday, where we discuss the Olympic sports at Boise State. Now, here's Mike Casper, Chris Walton, and the voice of the Broncos, Bob Beeler. On your flagship for the Broncos, News Talk KBOI. That's almost true. Mike Casper is not here, but Bob Beeler is here. I'm Chris Walton, and uh, we are going to be uh, talking uh, volleyball today. Yes, we are. It's our first Bronco Tuesday of the season, and a good start for the volleyball team, the defending Mountain West champions. Sean Garris, the head coach, joins us. Lauren Olinger, who is one of the top players on the team, will be along in a little while. And, Sean, first of all, congratulations. Nice start, winning twice against St. Mary's. How'd you feel about the first two matches of the season? Well, good morning, guys. Thanks for having me on. Um, I thought it went well. Anytime you can get a win early in the season, it just validates the work that the girls are doing in the gym in practice. So that was good. I also like that we got challenged a little bit, especially on the second match. We dropped the first set, so I had to see a little bit of bounce back and some toughness from our players. Um, so I think we, we saw some good stuff. Glad we got the win, and we had a good-spirited practice yesterday getting ready for the next big opponents. In last year's season, you guys got a lot better as the season went along. Uh, when you look at this season, what do you think the strengths are to start, and where do you think you guys are going to need to take your greatest strides to be able to repeat as champions? Yes, we we returned some really good core players and things that are just known. Like you already mentioned, Lauren Olinger is going to be on in a little bit. Um, She's been a four-year starter for us. There's no more consistent, durable player in in the past five years in our program. So that's a really, really good place to start as far as returnees. And then Allison Casillas has been playing libero for us. Pretty much starts every day that she's healthy enough to go. Uh, those two have a really big role because they're primary passers for us. So when you return, people that are really good with the first contact, they serve well, they pass well, and it kind of sets up everybody else. So starting with that core group of players, I think the confidence was pretty high headed into the season. But um, you know, never know until you get out there and see how the opponents go after you to, to know what your weaknesses are. And so far we haven't been been identified to have too many. Libero is a term not everybody knows. What What, is, what does that mean? That is such a good question, Chris. Um, I Not only do I not know the origin of libero, I'm not even sure if I pronounce it right because I hear libero and I hear libero. Sometimes you just hear bro or lieb. I think it's a foreign term. Uh, I can't tell you what foreign country it came from, but it was popularized in the international game because the highest level, the athletes are so good that everybody jumps so high, hits so hard, there's no rallies. And volleyball was a game that started with you know, a lot of rallies back and forth. That's what fans like to see, and that's what's a lot of fun for the girls to play. 
So the libero came in as a designated back row only player that would hopefully add some passing and defense and extend more rallies. What it actually means, I cannot tell you. It could be a fictional <laughs> word for all I know. But, um, again, I wish I even knew just how to pronounce it. You uh, mentioned upcoming opponents, and this weekend you are on the road. What do you know about uh, Long Beach State and Notre Dame? Yeah, this is going to be a really good challenge for us. Long Beach State and Notre Dame both have first-year head coaches, but they were probably the two biggest splashes of hires in the volleyball world last year. Long Beach coach had been a player, uh, an All-American player at Long Beach, and then had been working as the associate head coach at Nebraska, who lost the national championship last year. And the day after the national championship game, he was named the head coach at Long Beach. So a lot of excitement to get one of their former alums that had accomplished a lot back to the helm. And he brought with him a couple of transfers right away and instantly added some excitement to that program. And Notre Dame also went out and got a new coach last year, a lady that had been the first assistant at Penn State and Texas in her time. So, you know, they've been at good places. They've won a lot as an assistant, and now they're they're first-time head coaches and a lot of excitement at those programs. So I think those teams are going to be really tough, um, but a good challenge for us. I think if we play well, well, we'll have our chances. You're listening to Bronco Tuesday. Bob Beeler along with Chris Walton today, joined by Head volleyball coach Sean Garris. Sean, as we look at this roster, you mentioned some of the players that are back. We're going to be visiting with Lauren Olinger here in a few minutes. Two-time All-Mountain West. She was the player of the year in the tournament that got you to the NCAA tournament last year. So tell us a little bit about what she means to the team. Yeah, Lauren has been a starter since she arrived on campus, and that starts with the high-level ball that she played in high school and in club. She was comfortable competing for championships that's what she wants to do and she was in her element last year when we were at the Mount West tournament and played her best ball of the year when it mattered the most so Lauren has just been a rock star for us from day one and I expect her to have a great senior year she's a kid that everybody knows everybody in the Mountain West knows she's coming and yet she still produces I'm, I'm sure she leads the scouting report for somebody that they've got to try to contain and I give Lauren a, a ton of credit one for her durability she's been available to play and practice hard every single day. So she takes care of her body off the court. She handles her academics really well in her social life. And so just a complete package, somebody that we're really proud to call Bronco. Another player that really burst on the scene last year was Mountain West Freshman of the Year last season, Paige Barsh. She was selected the preseason player of the year. Uh, What are you expecting from her this year? Uh, Paige has been really exciting in the gym and preseason. Everybody on the team um, is energized by the things that she can do. She's bigger, stronger, and hitting the ball really hard. Uh, She's going to be a force this year for sure. Sadly, she had a little bit of an injury last week in practice, and she wasn't able to play over the weekend, but she was looking good yesterday, and I expect her to be back in the lineup. Paige will kind of play opposite of Lauren. Lauren's more on the left side of the court. Paige is on the right side of the court. And they'll definitely be our go-to hitters, and Paige will be uh, exciting for our fans to see her development. What What is the experience level of, of this team compared to other uh, years you've coached at Boise State? Yeah, that's interesting. So we have there are different positions. We've got outside hitters, we've got setters, and middle blockers. We end up being really experienced at a couple of spots, namely outside hitter and libero, but we're really inexperienced at setter and middle blocker. So when you combine it together, we're probably neutral in experience and upperclassmen, um, but you do see 
like in, in training, we'll often set up three nets so we can work on skill specific things. And one court will be like ready to go, very dialed in, consistent, knows what the expectations are. Another court is a lot more teaching, a lot more inter- introducing how, you know, our style of play and talking about tactics that we're, we're really trying to coach in. So it, it's a real mixed bag, but I think when you put it out on the floor together, they are finding ways to make each other better. Head volleyball coach at Boise State, Sean Garris. Thanks for joining us this morning, Sean. Appreciate it. Thanks, Chris. Bob, appreciate you guys as well. Go Broncos. KBY News Time is 843. We'll be back. Now back to Bronco Tuesday on 670 KBOI. We're back. It is Bronco Tuesday, and we're talking about Boise State volleyball. Bob Beeler is here. Our student-athlete guest today, Lauren Lauren Olinger, and Lauren has been with us before. Two-time All-Mountain West was the Mountain West Tournament MVP last season, senior out of Phoenix. Lauren, how's the start of the season gone for you so far? Hi, thank you for having me. Um, So far, it's been great. We won both our games last weekend, practicing really hard, having fun, so I'm looking forward to the rest of it. Now, both games, both matches were against the same team, St. Mary's. Is it different mm-hmm. playing the same team twice in a row on a weekend where this weekend you're going to get two different teams in Long Beach and Notre Dame? Yeah, it's definitely very different. You get to learn your opponent more when you play them back-to-back, so you're ready more prepared the next game for their tendencies, what they do. And when you're playing two different teams, you have to – learn very quickly scouting and change how you're going to play like the next day for another game. So definitely a lot different, but it's it's fun. I like playing against two different opponents. Mixing it up is really fun. Lauren, you reached a career milestone uh, this past weekend with uh, you, you passed 1000 career kills, only the 16th Boise state player ever to do that. Uh, what does the milestone mean to you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it means a ton. I think it just shows, from freshman year to now, how much I've learned and grown and worked for this. So, and I think this shout out to all my teammates who helped me to get there, my setters. So, I'm really happy about it. All right, Lauren, a thousand kills. I'm sure you don't remember them all, but if we were going to have a moment where you'd pick your favorite kill in your entire career at Boise State, is there one maybe that won a match or stands above the rest? Ooh, um, I would say. One of my favorite like games, I guess, for kills was against Wyoming when I like tied the Mountain West record for amount of kills in a game. I say that definitely stands out to me. It's one of my favorites. You are uh, listed as an academic standout as well. What is your major? I'm business admin. So how difficult is it to maintain uh, what you're doing academically as well as uh, obviously what you've done for Boise State on the volleyball court. Uh, tell us a little about maybe what you've done in the academic realm and what you want to do with it in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think I've learned a lot since freshman year how to balance school with volleyball and traveling. And I always say we have great like academic services and like, tutoring that has helped a ton. So I've just really learned over the years how to manage. And I think the athletics have helped me a lot too. The coaches are always willing to help you make sure you get school done first before practices and traveling. So that's been awesome. And, yeah, I'm planning on graduating in the spring. And I think one of the 
do maybe a minor in entrepreneurship. So I'm not exactly sure what I'm going to do with that after, but we'll have to see. I'm excited. You've been on a lot of good teams at Boise State. What does this team need to do to repeat as Mountain West champs? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we definitely have a younger team this year compared to last year, a lot of different strengths and different areas. So I think we've come in over the summer and during fall camp, and we've just been learning a lot, learning about each other, our tendencies, what we need to improve on. So I think we just need to keep coming and working hard every day and getting better at those certain things we need to get better at. But I think we have the talent, the skill, and like the enthusiasm on our team to win next, this year. So I'm excited, looking forward to it. In your college career, uh, what, what team has been uh, the toughest to play against? Who, who was your, uh, uh, I guess, toughest rival or just the toughest match you ever remember? Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say in our conference, Colorado State, they've always been ranked at the highest in our conference. And, yeah, they've always been a tough team to play against to win. They're really big and physical. Now that you're in your fourth year, Lauren, do you notice – from year to year, do teams play you differently as you become, you know, more of a prominent player? You know, you've been around a long time. Have you noticed how teams defend you change? Yeah, I feel like especially after my freshman year, it changed a lot. My how, my, how I need to play my playing style because they know me more. They know how I play, so they can key in on me. So I think I just have to learn how to play over double block and how to pass better. So it's definitely changed, but I've adjusted to it and been doing pretty well. So, And as you look at your career, obviously, you know, 95% of this season still to go. How do you think you've developed the most? How have you become a better player from when you stepped on the court as a freshman? Mm-hmm. I think a lot of change for me is just how my leadership ability has changed a lot. Um, I came in as a freshman and I've played all four years. So I think, I've known how to help other freshmen coming in that are playing and what to tell them. And I think just also my back row ability has gone a lot better too, playing six rotations. I've learned how to do like everything on the court. So, yeah. Who have been your role models in volleyball at Boise State? Um, at Boise State, I would say um, Larry Sarah Nobley, who played at Boise State a while ago. She's also from Arizona. So I've known who she is, watching her grow up as the outside hitter, one of the best ever at Boise State. So she's definitely someone I've looked up to. When you decided to come to Boise State, what were you looking for in an experience, and what do you think you've gotten? Um, I wanted to come to a bigger school from where I came from in high school and have a different experience with like, the seasons, too. And I think fall, personally, is my favorite season, and I love that, coming to Idaho from Arizona. Um just the community, too, that supports our program has been amazing. We had so many people at our last games. That's something that I love since coming here. Lauren Olinger, we wish you the best of luck this uh, coming season. And uh, we thank you very much for joining us this morning on KBOI. Thank you so much. KBOI News Time is 8.52. We will be back. Now back to Bronco Tuesday on 670 KBOI. Back on Bronco Tuesday, I'm Chris Walton with Bob Beeler. And uh interesting week for you, I know. Yeah, first week of the football season, but before we head to football for just a second, uh, volleyball this weekend, as we mentioned, at Long Beach State, and they play Notre Dame down there as well. Their next home match will be Friday, September 9th against Butler. 
And then uh, also uh, later that day, they'll play twice that day, uh, Friday the 9th against Southern Utah, and then Saturday the 10th against Eastern Washington. So a couple weeks away from your next chance to see the volleyball team. But we've got the first game of the season, 8.30 kickoff over at Oregon State. Both teams won seven games last year. Both teams have returning starting quarterbacks. I think it's going to be an interesting game. I always like playing teams in the Pac-12. You feel like it's reasonably even? I th- I think Boise State can win this game, and I think Boise State is going to win this game. I really like the way this team is coming out of camp. I think this team is considerably deeper than it was last year. I think this team is more focused than it was last year. Uh, I'm just waiting to see who's going to emerge at wide receiver. That's my biggest question mark position. Not that I don't think they have talent, but you know we lost 77 catches in Khalil Shakir, yeah. so uh, some other guys are going to have to step up and pick up the slack and be the top receivers. And the line has depth. Oh. I think that may be the single biggest improvement as far as a position group. I'm expecting a lot out of the offensive line. Hola Malia Gonzalez back at center, and then getting the transfer starter last year at Washington State, Cade Beresford is in at right tackle. So two guys that I think are really going to add to the offensive line. I read uh, some of the Oregon papers. They're expecting a low-scoring game because they say these two teams are coming in with good defenses. I do think so, but I think it's going to be one of your your average kind of games. I, I think if somebody gets to 30, they'll probably win the game. But I, I don't think it's going to be like when somebody says low scoring. To me, low scoring, I think of like 14 to 10. Mm-hmm. I certainly don't think it's going to be 14 to 10, but I don't think it's going to be like 50 to 40 either. So not a shootout like we've had with Oregon State in the past. No, I don't think so. I think both teams' defenses are pretty good. I think probably to start the season, Boise State's defense is probably a little ahead of its offense based on you know the number of players that are returning. So uh, I'm expecting a, a big effort from the defense this year. we got about uh, 30 seconds to go. Do you prefer it when... Boise State opens the season with an opponent, maybe from the uh, the Pac-12, or whatever they're calling that now, the Pac-14. <laughs> <laughs> or the Pac-10, back the Pac-10, to the Pac-10, exactly Pac-10 of USC right. and UCLA. Yeah. Do I, as opposed to a as, tune-up? As opposed to like a Tennessee Martin. Oh, definitely. I, I love big games. Boise State has had a lot of good opening games over the years. I think it really focuses the team in, in, in the summer that you're going to open with a tough opponent. I love it. And uh, just wish maybe the game was here instead of going over there, but... Yeah, let, let's play more teams in the Pac-12. All right. Bob, thank you uh, very much. Appreciate you joining us for Bronco Tuesday. And, of course, you'll be back for Bronco Monday next week. and Or not Bronco Monday next week, but Tuesday and Wednesday. Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 905. Glad you're with us on News Talk KBOI this morning. Rick Worthington filling in for Mike Casper today, who will be back next week. Not on Monday. True. Monday's a holiday. Monday's Labor Day, but he'll be back on you Tuesday. You could tune in on Tuesday and you'll hear that guy. I was uh, at the end of Bob's segment, I was saying, yeah, we'll see you again next Monday, but we won't. Uh, it'll be what we normally would have for Bronco Monday. We'll have that on Tuesday. And then what we would normally have for Bronco Tuesday will be on Wednesday. Right. Okay. Well, we got that out of the way. Uh, we've talked a little bit about education today. Mm-hmm. I have gone out on a limb and said, I would prefer that the money that you are going to get back following the special session, which we understand is a slam dunk for the governor, the legislature will approve what he's got coming. You're going to get some tax relief. 
based on we have a huge budget surplus in the state of Idaho. You're going to get some of that money back. That's good news. Education is going to get about $400 million. Also good news. I have said it is just my view. Education is so poorly funded in Idaho. I just give all that money to education. Give it all to education. Pay some teachers around here for crying out loud. And there are some people that aren't real pleased with how I feel about funding education. (laughs) As you can imagine, I will read the uh, email from Kent today. Kent, who is a big fan of yours, Chris. Big fan. Says, this is, by the way, sent directly to me at rick.worthington at cumulus.com because I don't have your fancy email like Chris does or Mike for that matter. It says this has nothing to do with your nutty political views, but I'd like to remind you you're just filling in for either Mike or Chris not taking over their show. They didn't get number one because you stopped dominating their show. This is Chris or Mike show and you should be in the background allowing Chris or Mike to lead. I find your Mike hogging repulsive. So I exercise my choice to turn off a show that I normally really enjoy. Touch reality. You are horrible on the show. So he's not listening? I guess. Okay. So it was his choice to turn off the show. I guess. Thanks for the email, though, Kent. Okay. Thanks for listening. When you were listening, uh, now that you've answered, unless you are still listening, yeah, thanks say, for still listening. Now that you've answered him, though, he may actually be someplace else. Look, I don't think it's clear out in left field to say pay the dang teachers, mm-hmm. pay them a livable salary. Okay, I'll just give you a scenario. All right, your son or daughter is in the ninth grade and they're struggling with math. You have a teacher that is fairly new to the system because they couldn't go to another state and work yet because they don't have the qualifications yet in which to move there. They would love to move there because they're going to make about $15,000 more per year, a livable wage. But they're here in Idaho and they're dealing with your ninth grade math student who can't get the concept of whatever it is that's going on. Letters. And numbers sometimes. You know, math. Numbers are easy until you add letters. Yeah, you know. (laughs) This teacher doesn't know how to get through to your student. Maybe because they don't have the... Education background. Experience, maybe? Maybe experience. Okay. This is one of those times where you really could have used the math teacher that's been there for 10 years that might know how to get through to your student and help them get whatever that little thing is that gets them over the hump and on to 10th grade math or even advanced math. Mm Mm-hmm. Somebody that can present something in such a way that it's Saying interesting and understandable. Experience at the same time. matters in almost every field in the world, and it does in teaching as well. And the best teachers in Idaho, well, some of them are staying, 
because they really like where they're at. Mm -hmm. I admit. But the ones who want to do this as a career and want to make a living are going other places. Yeah. We're losing our best teachers. We're losing some. We're losing some. There are, as you say, there there are some who are willing to... I'll step away from it and say... I know that there are a number of really good teachers that have been here for a long time, and they love it here, and they're never going anywhere. Right. They're willing to uh, take the benefits of Idaho as opposed to maybe uh, the high pay they might get someplace else. Just saying, it's in your best interest to educate our kids. Education is the silver bullet for everything. Now, my opinion on, on the money is simply to do something wise with it. It doesn't matter to me whether you give me back what's mine or not. Uh, if you use it for something wise, a good project, something that's uh, necessary in the state of Idaho, I'll be fine with that. I think what a lot of people wonder about education is what is the number that produces the best results? That's a great question. Is the number always more? Well, there you go. I don't know. I just know that I'd like to see some of our teachers be able to stay here because they want to stay here, because they could afford to stay here. Not get pushed out because of low teacher wages. And we know they're extremely low in the state of Idaho. And it's not any one district. It's not just West Ada. It's not just Boise. It's not just Twin Falls. It's all over the state. Mm -hmm. Let's go to Middleton. Jason is on the line. Jason, thanks for calling on News Talk KBOI today. How are you, Jason? I'm good, man. Thanks, fellas. Hey, I just wanted to point out one of the things that's so difficult is we make it almost impossible to get new teachers into the system. Example, uh, first-year teacher just graduated college in May of this year, gets hired at a school district, starts work in August. They don't get their first paycheck till the end of September. So they're supposed to go two months without getting paid or they've got to go find a second job to cover uh, cover bills and make ends meet until they actually start getting paid from the school district. Wow. A lot of people are in that same situation, though. Hmm. You know, when you're starting a new job or having to move or, or something like that, just any time you want to do something different, it's it's good to have a little bit in the bank or a little bit stowed away somewhere that you can use. But no, not everybody's going to. So some of them, it's going to be a struggle. It's a good point, Jason. No, I, I, but yeah, yeah I agree, I agree I actually, with you. If they sign, if they sign their contract, uh, teachers do get paid year round, not just when they're in the classroom, uh, because they they basically work year round. It's not just a classroom job. You know, there's a lot of prep involved. No, so, absolutely. And my wife's a teacher, and, and I see that every day. Right, mm-hmm. she's working you bet. two or three hours at home every evening. It's not just you know eight to eight to two like some people think. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> Does she, get, day, does she get summers off, by the way? Uh, no, she's constantly preparing for the next school year. And, I mean, she, does, she doesn't have a second job or anything during the summer, but we have four kids, and um, she's always trying to improve herself, and she's taking professional development courses online, right, because they always have to take classes to stay oh, yeah. um, up to date on the newest things. So it's a, it's, a year, it's a year round. She doesn't put her feet up and sip mimosas all, all summer, I'll <laughs> tell you that. Well, Jason, give her a mimosa every once in a while, would you? <laughs> Thanks, fellas. Take care, buddy. Appreciate the phone call. Frank writes in and says, how about people pay for their own children to go to school? I own two homes and pay plenty of money in taxes for other people's children to go to school. I'm single and have no children and done with the socialist BS. See, that that's um, where you, you're, long, you're looking at this the wrong way, well, my man. A, a long time ago, we decided in this country that we were going to 
try to bring everybody up to at least minimum standards. Uh, if you have to pay for your own children to go to school and you don't have any money, your kids will not go to school, period. Right. That's why we decided a long time ago to kind of pool our money to put together the public school system. And again, you are free to leave the public school system anytime you want to do something else. Uh, homeschool your kids, send them to a charter school, send them to a private school or a, a religious school. That is entirely up to you. But we have compulsory education simply so people can get at least the minimum that we believe they will need to succeed. And you, you can get much more than the minimum being in those same classrooms. It, I guess it kind of depends on the student. Yes, well. this is a topic that makes me a more moderate Republican. And I say pay the dang teachers already. Alan is in Eagle. Thanks for joining us on News Talk KBOI. Hi, Alan. Hey, good morning, gents. How you doing? Good. Thank you very much for the call today. Good. Well, let me first preface with this. Uh, many, many years ago, being a refugee from the state of California, <laughs> I saw that state pour billions and billions of dollars at the public school system. And every year the scores got lower and lower and lower and lower. I'm all for paying teachers sixty, seventy, eighty thousand dollars a year. I have no problem with that. I have no problem with having a larger school budget as long as there's a performance matrix attached to that. In other words, what they do in California no matter how lousy the teacher is, when, once the teacher has tenure, that he or she teacher stays there forever, and they get more and more and more and more money, and they're lousy teachers. Yeah. I want to pay good teachers. I have no problem with paying good teachers sixty, seventy thousand dollars $70,000 a year because education is important, but I have a, an immense amount of problem paying a teacher 60k when they're a lousy teacher yes what, what, what is your performance what in your definition is the difference between a good teacher and a lousy teacher performance matrix you you have to have a measurement for each teacher based on the scores and based on how the students are improving if the students are improving is is it the books is it the curriculum and is it the teacher or is it a combination of all three? A good matrix will help you identify where the problem is. And don't just go over the problem and not address it because, oh, well, you know, I feel sorry for this teacher. Uh, he or she has 10 years tenure. You know, we'll just make them substitute teachers or put them in some other kind of class. No, they need to be changed. Provide them some more education. Provides them some mentoring. And if that doesn't work, they need to go. And then pay that great performing young teacher the sixty, seventy thousand dollars $70,000 to keep them here in the state of Idaho. I'm all for would, that. God would, bless you. Would, would the metric that you put together, would it, uh, would, would, would it uh, indicate what kind of students you have? Like, for instance, uh, my mom said that there were some years when she had much slower kids and some years uh, just you know, a whole bunch of bright ones. But it, it, uh, it seemed to vary from year to year. And, and you know what? And herein lies the big, big challenge with what our current president is doing. He's forcing two to three different languages to be spoken in the classroom because of all the illegal immigrants that are coming across with all their kids going into our schools. 
that really is a stumbling block for teachers. And it's also an additional expense, which, of course, the federal government's not going to cover. And that's going to be tough on teachers. That should all be taken in consideration. Wow. Yes, I sir. appreciate the call. Thank you very much, Alan. Education is so dang important for not just what we're doing right now. You're educating the kids that are going to take care of things for years to come. Build smarter kids. Get good teachers. That's what I'm saying. We've got to take a break, and I know we've got calls waiting, and I will get to you. 208-336-3700. We're talking education. KBOI News Time is 919. Listen to KBOI online. Go to KBOI.com and click the Listen Live button. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 923 on News Talk KBOI. Appreciate those of you that are on hold. I'm going to get to you here in just a minute, Sean. Hang on one second. Chris has some emails and instant messages for us here real quick. Lisa has written in and says the texter that owned two homes but has no kids is being very short-sighted. We own rentals in the Valley, and having a higher-educated pool of tenants to choose from is so much better for my business. Most of our new residents have better educations, uh, better jobs, and have been a lot easier to rent to than what our choices were 8 to 10 years ago. I try to rent to locals, but they can't qualify income-wise, and they don't care for the property either. Idaho needs to step up to educate its population. I completely agree with that. You know one of the things you get rid of when you educate people? Racism. Racism decreases exponentially when you got smart people running around. Racism drives me crazy. The different things that you see down by the Anne Frank Memorial. The vandals, you mean? Yeah. People that deface it? Yeah. Stupid people do that. Sherry has written in and says, To the man that wrote the message about being single and not wanting to pay for the education of other people's kids, if he uses doctors, attorneys, architects, insurance agents, etc., he is benefiting from the education that he paid for. Their education did not start just in college. Sean in Boise, thanks very much for calling us today. Sean, how are you, buddy? I'm great. How are you? Very good. Thanks for calling today. What can we do for you? Well, I just uh, have a couple questions. Like, can you tell me what is the average teacher salary here in Idaho? I don't know what the average is. I know that it starts somewhere around thirty-eight to 41000 Um And that's not in every case, of course. You've got some teachers that have the credential, but have to start off as an assistant, which makes maybe half that. It's not very high. It's not very high. And it it does depend on the district as well. Okay. Do you have an idea by by chance? Well, I mean, your guy that answered the phone looked it up for me, too. And he said he sees, you know, about 40... Forty to fifty thousand is what he was saying. He kind of Google searched it. Mm-hmm. Do they get health care? Do you know? Yeah, yeah. There is health care usually involved. Yeah, they have yeah. Uh, the benefits of any other. It's a state job officially. Mm-hmm. Okay. I just I feel like 
I mean, I only make 42000 a year, and I live pretty darn comfortably, and that's with no insurance, a wife and kids who don't work. So I, I just don't know if enough's ever going to be enough. You know, it's, every human is always going to say they want more money, right? Of course. Of course. I mean, Even everybody wants to do better. if I made 100000 a year, I'd want, oh, sure. I wish I made two hundred. let me ask you a question. What do you do? What what is your employment? Con- I am a construction worker. All right, excellent. Now, as a construction worker, if you were told that you could drive, you know, or maybe head into the Oregon area and make about twenty grand more a year, would you consider that? No, you wouldn't. Okay, I w- I wouldn't. Fair enough. I think there are others that are in construction that kind of go where the money is. They do. Mm-hmm. They do. And if I was single and younger, I probably would. All right. Fair enough. Hey, Sean, thanks very much for the call. I appreciate you holding on as long as you did. Yes, sir. You take care. Tim has written in. Tim says, I find it funny that the guy wrote in and stated since he doesn't have kids, he shouldn't have to pay for anything for schools. Who paid when he was going to school? Sounds as though he didn't take advantage of his time in school. Education takes care of so much. Everybody talks about, well, we don't want to have the homeless problem that we do here. Some of that you can't do anything about. They're going to come in from other places. But keeping people in your hometown from becoming homeless sometimes is about education. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes... You want poverty reduction? In, Education can help you out there. In the in the United States, ninety nine percent of the people can read. A one percent can't. Uh, in some countries, fifty percent of the people can read, maybe, because they don't have compulsory education there. It makes a difference. Less poverty, better communication. Better critical thinking skills, more discipline. You have a better chance. You get all those things. things anyway, yeah. You get all those things when you educate all your kids better. I just I don't understand why people don't want to educate the kids in Idaho. KBY News Times nine twenty nine. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBY. 9.36 now on News Talk KBOI. Again, Rick Worthington in for Mike Casper today, along with Chris Walton. Phone lines jammed, so if you're trying to call and you got the old busy signal, sorry about that, we'll get you a line right now if we can. Joe is in Eagle. Thanks for calling us on News Talk KBOI. Joe? Yeah, hi. Uh, a recent California refugee here. I've got kids in public school here. And, uh, you know, just, just to let you know, we, we do want to educate our kids. We just don't trust a big bureaucracy to do it efficiently. And um, I'm all for homeschoolers. I'm all for free school, uh, you know, free choice in schooling. But one glaring issue here, and I don't know the answer, maybe you guys do, is pensions. Um, I don't know how much of this money goes toward pensions, and I've seen pensions being misused like crazy in California, and that's part of the huge bloat. And mm. I mean, it, it, you know, any any job, Joe Schmo doesn't have a pension. You know, I want to pay the teachers fairly, but to have a bloated pension that they can rely on. <clears throat> You know, when they're retired or, you know, that's a nice, that's a nice luxury. Sure it is. Sure it is. Yeah, I I don't have 
uh, any types of figures in front of me that could lead me to yeah. uh, give you an educated answer. I'd love to do it. I, I just don't uh, know what that answer is. I what, know this. Yeah. What the schools have is called Percy, a public employee retirement system of Idaho. And you can have that if you were employed in a position working uh, 20 hours or more a week for longer than five months uh, a year, and you can be enrolled in Percy for the state of Idaho. Your contribution from your paycheck will be 7.16%, and the employer also will, uh, the state will contribute a little bit as well. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's nice, nice to have. And, and yeah, like I it's, it's I'm all for, for paying, paying teachers fairly. But uh, there, there's, you know, there's got to be more of a uh, like a, a way to pay them based on performance as well and not just throw money at it. That's, yeah. that's all. Yeah. Hey, good call. Thank you very much, Joe. Teachers have performance yeah. reviews all the time. And in uh, ideally in a situation where you have candidates who are, you know, you have people who want the job. Uh, if you have somebody who is not performing well or who does not pass a performance review, you could replace them with somebody else. Sure, uh, I think like like most industries, uh, you know, teachers or the education right now is looking for new teachers. Yeah, education doesn't have enough teachers. I mean, there there was something ridiculous in the beginning of this month that story that I saw said there were four hundred openings across Idaho for teaching positions across the state, not in any one place. Mm-hmm. West Ada was still trying I think they're still trying to get enough teachers. They had the day before school started. They were having a hiring fair to try and get people to work some full-time teaching positions. The day before school started. Steve, thanks for calling this morning on News Talk KBOI. How are you, Steve? Hi, good. Can I have you on speaker? Because I'm 70 and I don't hear well. Is that okay? Yeah, it sounds all right to me. Hey, do you remember back when Mike Rumsfeld said this? I can't hear that at all, man. I'm sorry. Steven? Yeah, I, I can't hear that very well. Paraphrase if you can. Rumsfeld, right after 911 came out, said we had like three point. Five trillion dollars we can't find. Remember that, Chris? Do you remember that? Yeah. So anyway, that's eight thousand dollars for every woman, man, and child in the United States of America, mm-hmm. and they're whining about helping out our students and our future citizens paying off some loans. Yeah, it's like you said and they then, they, but, they can't find what they had. Huh? I said, yeah, of course they're whining about it. They can't find it. Yeah, but I mean, they lost that, and they didn't, and nothing ever happened, and they lose a lot more. And, and then you got congressmen like Mike Kelly of Pennsylvania who lose over a million dollars in PPP loans, and yet we're forgiven. Mm-hmm. But he he was going along telling carpenters and lawyers and plumbers, not lawyers, but plumbers and stuff, why should you guys have to bathe? Right. Policy. There was so uh, I'm not sure who it was, but there was one congressman who got more than four million dollars in PPP loans. Yeah, and he doesn't have well, to pay it back Republican, either. Republican politicians across the U.S. is crazy that had PPP loans. I didn't hear one of them say, "No, no, 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 let me pay it back." And Marjorie Green, the nutcase, was saying on live TV, I, I'm not sure if it was Fox, but she came out and said, uh, "You know, why should we forgive them their debt?" 
And then she was forgiven 184000 in PP loans. I didn't hear, hear her say, no, 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 let me pay it back. Yeah, I would she disregard didn't. anything she says based on the whole laser beams thing. Yeah, Absolutely. I'm not paying any attention to her. Hey, Stephen, thanks very much for the call today. We appreciate it. Look, I'm not saying you have to throw millions and millions and millions or billions of dollars at Idaho Education, more than we're already spending. I'm saying spend it wisely. And it seems pretty wise to me to do your best to try and keep the best teachers you have and keep them from relocating. An educated workforce is so important. Yeah. And that's what we've been hearing that, from everybody that runs for office around here. We need a better educated workforce. One thing you can do in a lot of jobs, uh, and it may or may not work in those jobs, but you can't do it as a teacher. You cannot negotiate for your salary. You can't get a bump if you're not uh, entitled to get one based on your continuing education and your years of service. If you want to talk about it, the number to call, 208-336-3700. I do have a line open for you now. 1-800-529-KBOI. Chris has written in and says, I applaud the man who is in construction and happy making $40,000, but he won't be climbing ladders forever. What's he going to do when he's 60, 70, 80? He won't have other skills. It's impossible to live on Social Security, plus have medical bills from having a hard, heavy labor job all his life. What are the chances he has retirement savings? He'll become a burden on his kids or the system in old age. I'd rather we educate his children now than support him in old age because he wasn't ambitious or strive to be better in life. Kevin, thanks very much for calling and called well today. Kevin, how are you today? Good, good. But, you know, real quick, Rick, on that uh, teacher shortage this year, don't blame it all on money. No, 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 no. Of the economy is short of employees, period. Believe me. You're not wrong by any means. Yeah. I mean, I am working probably 120 hours a week because I can't get anybody. That's just, and welcome to 120 hours a week? Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. What do you do? You farm. You You farm. Well, yeah, farmer. Okay. Seven days a week or more. Yeah. I mean, this is farmer wood. Okay. Anyhow. Back to the back to the education crisis. I mean, it's like the definition of insanity. You know, we just keep doing the same thing and expecting different results. I agree with you about the teacher money. I have no qualms with that. But the problem is exactly when you take an, an educational institution that is built with totally separate funds, taxpayer property tax funds, and then you fund those classes at the tune of $15,000 of headcount money per, per student, which if you've got 20 students, that's $300,000 per class. Say you give that teacher $50,000, $250,000 are going unaccounted for. And most of those classes have one and a half to twice that number of students. Where is the money going? I mean, I think our, edu- our public education system is needed, but it's broken. We can't keep throwing money at it. We've got to figure out how to restructure the whole thing. Put the priorities on the teachers, not the administrators, okay. or wherever this money's going. Change it, but blow the thing up. Start Idaho over. runs pretty lean, man. I mean, and, and I appreciate yep. that about Idaho, that we figured out a way to get students where they are right now running as lean as we do. Idaho doesn't spend think- that much per pupil. I don't think we do run lean. 15000 per student, 300000 per class. Where's it going? Do you know what the national I mean, average is? 
Um, more than now, I don't know what it is, but I mean, I'm talking about just the federal headcount money that comes down per, per student everywhere. And then these states throw in more. But the thing is, is you take these private schools, they're educating students on way less. Now there's different factors in all those and different re- requirements upon the, the system, but something's got to be changed. Something's got to be transformed. If we just keep doing the same thing over and over, we're not going to fix it. We're not going to get the teachers more money. That money's going to be absconded somewhere else in the system, just like it has been. Well, I, I don't find any, um, any holes in your logic, for sure. I don't know what I, would, I don't know what to do. I, I mean, I'd love to give you an I answer. I don't either. I don't either, Rick. I don't either know what to do. Well, I'm a farmer. I wish the people who, who that's their job would step up and fix it. Kevin, best of luck to your farming operation, my man. I know you have problems you. keeping people on, too, so you take care. Keep up the yeah, good work, thanks, Kevin. Yep. Brandon writes in, uh, good morning. Something I've always wondered about, the teaching profession, is that it's well known that teachers don't make a high wage relative to other professions. With this information well known, why does the profession continue to attract new teachers? And the perception is that they voluntarily become a teacher and then complain about the wages. Again, well known. So there must be other value they receive, such as time off in the summer, longer holidays, etc. Isn't this similar to media and radio? Unless you're Mike Casper, the pay is low, right? Uh, I don't know. Yet, I don't know what he makes. Yet I'm sure you uh, have no shortage of applicants who want to work in the glamorous radio business. That's Brandon of Boise. Well. Uh, there are tons and tons of professions and jobs that people go into uh, knowing very well that they're not going to get rich doing it, and almost all of them would like more money for doing what they do. I, I don't think that's it's, – it's not just a teaching thing. You hear about it because the teachers have a union, and the union uh, presents demands every now and then. I know this much, and we'll take a break here in just a moment. If you're on hold, stay right there. I'm going to get you before we get out of the program today. When I was 15, I took a drama class for the first time in high school. I I didn't really have any interest in stage work. I was looking for an easy class, right? Got into something, and my teacher found something that other teachers hadn't found that I had a big voice and I could project for days. <laughs> great for stage work, great for public speaking. And she sparked something in me that got me to where I am today. I owe that to my ninth grade drama teacher. Had it not been for her interest in me, I wouldn't be sitting in this chair today, I guarantee. Um, no, my, my point just, is, just, my point just to is, clarify, yeah. are you a victim in this uh, scenario? No, no, oh, okay. no okay. not a victim. Not a victim. Okay. A victim. I'm saying that I think everybody who has a success story probably can look back to a teacher at some point through their walk in life and pinpoint somebody who had a huge impact on their life. Teachers do that. Sometimes sometimes it's a parent. Sometimes it's someone in your church. For me, it was a teacher. So it's easy for me to get on a soapbox and try and drum up some more support for these people. It's worth it in so many different areas in our lives today. 
to have good teachers, but you can't have great teachers stay here unless you pay them. And they don't make anything. KBOI News Time is 949. Drive home live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at 3. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. We're short on time, and I got a couple calls here, so I'm jumping right to it. Doug and Meridian. Oh, Doug, hang on. I got to put you on hold again, because I promised that I would talk to Jeff first. Jeff, thanks very much for calling us on KBOI. Yeah, sorry. Hey, so my thunder's already been taken by most everyone in saying that we just need to change the system up. I I think there's lots of different ways we could do. For example, uh, one... I knew had a music teacher who taught music for quite some time in in school, quit, did it privately, made a ton more, well, I should take quite a bit more money, as, as much as he was making in school or more, and still take the summers off. Uh, to the guy that was the construction worker that was making 40000 or 45000 a year, I'm in the construction business, and that's what I've done for 30 years, and I have got a financial advisor so i will not be have my kids needing to worry about me there's lots of different things we need to do if we think outside the box the teachers know what they're getting into when they do it they know their pay is going to be low i do want to pay teachers more but it seems to me we like we can't just continually hammer more money more money more money we know that doesn't work and so things have to change you know, I'll buy that. that I'll, I'll, I'll buy that as, as part of an answer. And I do appreciate your call today. Uh, Jeff, thanks for holding as, as long as you did. I know it was like 16 minutes. It was a long time. Thank you. All right, Kate. Okay, take bye. care. I, I don't have all the answers. I'm saying that special session is coming up, and $400 million in additional money is going to go to education. And I've heard nothing but people complain about it so far this week. I don't understand why you're so freaked out about trying to fund education to a a reasonable point. And I don't think it's reasonable at this point. Just my take on it. All right. So take that for what it's worth. But I appreciate you guys today, and we'll be back. Try and do it better again tomorrow on a Wednesday. (sighs) Chris, I I know that I, I hung up on Doug at the end of the show here. Doug, sorry about that. KBOI News Time, it's 9.56.